Jonathan trailer. You get the glory. On Victory 91.5, it's Coffee with Corey, and I'm joined by our general manager talking about Passover. This yeah. starts tomorrow. Tomorrow. And this is something growing up, I remember every year we would do this Passover dinner and I would get so irritated because I would be so hungry and I would want to eat the whole plate in front of me. And you're like, no, 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 you have to eat one thing at a time. And I remember you making me eat parsley and horseradish and just things that I'm like, what? A young child does not want to eat yet. Yeah. Why would a parent do that? But anyways, but now I get it. So we're explaining what Passover is. So Passover means torment and torture to you, right? (laughs) Well, you know, it is funny because as we went through the years we had so many different kinds of Passovers because of things like that where it was like uh, either one for when they were little to just try to figure out how to make that make sense or musical one wrote songs to all of the pieces on one year and for some big ones back when we were youth pastors and of course a couple years ago we did for about a hundred people at uh, Warhill East and had a really good encounter for me it began began it's a little older than you it was in the mid-70s. My oldest brother had got swept into the kingdom to some degree, at least focused at the very beginning of the Jesus movement in 1967. I got saved in 1979 at the tail end of the Jesus movement. And the reason that's significant is because in 1967, as as Jerusalem was recaptured by Israel, the very same day, uh, the Jesus movement began in San Francisco. And that movement awakened so many people, more specifically, it awakened Jews living in America, and we began what was called the Messianic Movement. A lot of those are in Israel now and, and have gone through the years, including our fa- some of our family. So that change is what brought my brother in when I was just early teens Uh, to have a Passover at our house, and that was my first experience, and it blew me away, and it changed, radically changed my life. So he's continued to do this every year for the last 50 years, and we've been doing it for, uh, to some degree, off and on in in different uh, ways over the last 40. So for me, it's been a very big piece of my life, too. And thankfully, I was old enough that I liked the horseradish, and the parsley didn't get on my nerves. It, uh. it, was, it was in torment for me. So uh, hopefully, as we share a little bit about this, it'll awaken you, and I hope you have opportunities to just be so bold as to try something like this with your family so you can begin to discover just what, a, what an amazing uh, revelation it is of Jesus. So as Christians, we think of Jesus becoming flesh, dying for our sins, rising again 2,000 years ago. But when God put on flesh as Jesus, he was referred to as the Passover lamb. In John 1, John the Baptist said of Jesus, I mean, introducing him, (laughs) behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, Later, Paul in 1 Corinthians referred to him like this, for Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So there was no hidden thing about who he was. They both called Jesus the Passover lamb 1,500 years after that first Passover lamb was slain in Egypt. The story is obviously much bigger than that, right? Passover is literally timeless. Jesus is the beginning and the end. That's part of his name, the Aleph and the Taf, or the Alpha and the Omega in Greek. He was 
redeeming us long before the cross. And even though he walked the earth 2,000 years ago, he never stops being a lamb. In fact, Jesus loves to reveal himself to us so that we can encounter him in a new way and come to know him even better than we already do. In Revelation, if you read the book, John refers to Jesus as the lamb, depending on what version you read, around 28 times, to the lamb forever and ever. So forever means he'll always be a lamb as well as a man, as well as a lion. Mm -hmm. Passover never ends. In Revelation 5, John says, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though it had been slain. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. All right? So think about your revelation of Jesus. Is that it? Of all the ways he could have revealed himself to one of his closest friends, he chose the Lamb. So do you still only want to relate to Jesus the man and not Jesus the Lamb? Are you ready for the judgment at the end of the world? Is your name written in the book? And just whose book is it? Revelation 13, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Not 2,000 years ago, but in the garden and creation. So ask yourself, why is Jesus still a Lamb? He waited 4,000 years to reveal himself as the man, Jesus Christ. Jesus the man is the highest revelation of the Son of God. The name of Jesus is the name above all names. Every knee will bow and tongue confess that he is Lord, right? So why does he flip back to revealing himself as the lamb after he returns to heaven in his glorified, resurrected body? And why has he spent the last 2,000 years sitting at the right hand of the Father on the throne as the lamb? Well, if the lamb isn't always a literal lamb, then what is Passover? Are we remembering the Passover lamb slain in Egypt? or the animals that God slew to cover Adam and Eve's nakedness in the, in the garden. Is one of the Passover lambs from Bethlehem raised only to be sacrificed? Is that the Passover lamb, the Pesach lamb? Or is it the birth of the Messiah in Bethlehem of Judea when Jesus was born? Is it Jesus on the cross? Is that the Passover lamb? Or maybe it's our own salvation in baptism. Is the Seder meal the fruit from the tree of life that gives eternal life? We taste and eat it and we have life, that bread, that, that wine. Is that back when Melchizedek uh, that first Sabbath meal with Abraham? Is the Passover meal the, the lamb and unleavened bread and bitter herbs? Is it all those little pieces of parts? Is it the Last Supper? Is it the body and blood of Jesus? Is it the wedding supper of the lamb in Revelation? See, when you start talking about the Passover, it gets a little bigger. The pictures... See, the creation or foundation of the world was 6,000 years ago, roughly. That's just as much a part of Passover as Egypt or the cross. He was slain from the creation for the whole world. In Egypt, the lambs were slain for the oldest Israelite sons. On the cross, Jesus died for the whole world. On the throne, Jesus is reigning as a lamb for the whole world. What God did in Egypt is not just a Jewish celebration. Jesus was and is the lamb from creation to Passover to Calvary to the throne. Why is he still a lamb? Psalm 84, 5. <laughs> Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. For 6,000 years, every man, woman, and child who's lived has needed the same thing, a way back. Mm. Some way to be restored back to God. Mm. 
to be able to walk in relationship with him and some way to deal with the reality of their stumbling and their bumbling failures. And that's Passover in the big picture.